Welcome back to 40 Minute Mentor and our special mini-series focused on mental health and well-being. Before today's episode, I wanted to flag that the featured snippets in today's episode discuss suicide and suicidal thoughts. If you or anyone you know is affected by this topic or any others discussed in this episode, please make sure you reach out to somebody to get help and support. We've left a couple of links in the show notes. Today, we're looking back at a very special mental health roundtable episode that we recorded a little while back. We're joined by wellness expert, psychotherapist, and balanced media founder, Sophie Scott, mind ambassador, and the director of people and talent at Carbon Clean, Rohan Kalicharan, and author, presenter, mental health campaigner, and my former drama teacher, Carrie Carlisle. In today's snippet, Sophie, Rohan and Carrie discuss methods on how we can all open up more about our mental health and they share their own experiences including Carrie and her husband Clark's journey through depression and suicide attempts. It's a touching and thought-provoking story that we can all learn a lot from. I hope you find it as powerful and inspiring as I did. I think one of the things that gets overlooked in this whole debate is sometimes, you know, a partner, whether it's a husband or a wife, when, you know, their other half is suffering. And sometimes that gets a little bit overlooked and that can have a knock on on their own mental health. So it would just be be great to hear your kind of perspective on that. And and what advice would you have for anyone that's listening whose other half or some some close member of the family might be suffering at the moment? Right. Get comfortable. (laughs) It's going to take a while. You know, there are so many obstacles that we put in the path of getting help and silence is the oxygen that suicide needs. It thrives on it. So the more insular that we become and the more the more we don't talk, the more illogical and irrational and more warped our belief system gets until a person will get to the point where they think that the best thing for everyone is that they aren't here anymore. Absolute belief, complete what they think is logic because the mind doesn't know when it's ill. If you break your leg, your body will know because it will receive signals saying I'm in pain and I need to get help. But if the mind is regulating itself, we're, we're in an awful lot of trouble. And I didn't know that. So Clark tried to kill himself when I was six months pregnant, six and a half months pregnant. And I woke up to an email because this is the 21st century. I woke up to a suicide note from him. I thought he was on his way home from commentating. That was my introduction to mental health and suicide awareness. Genuinely, that's how it it starts. It was an email at seven in the morning with the line, uh, the tagline, whatever, I'm sorry. And it still feels surreal and odd. And painful to talk about that. It hurts because he tried to leave me forever. This is a guy that used to miss me when I went to the loo. This is a guy that I sat down for dinner with and five minutes into our first date said, we are getting married and having babies. He was so sure about me. He was so positive about me. And I never saw it coming. I was blindsided by it. It gets slightly complicated, of course. And the reason that Clark was saved was because people noticed that he was in a park by himself because he used to play football, because it was on the news, because, you know, thousands of people luckily looked for him. So you can't have it both ways. You can't say, I don't want journalists coming and knocking on the door, but also thank you, social media, because you found him. You, You don't get that. And I can't tell you how saturated in regret you are when you receive a note from someone telling you that they they have to die now. 
it's like this visceral saturation in regret and you would do anything to turn back time. It was a fact to me that Clark was dead. He was dead. I didn't see it coming. I was going to give birth by myself and I was never going to see him again. It's really hard to say those sentences and there's nothing I could have done about it because if he told me at that stage, knowing what we know, a tiny bit of knowledge was a very dangerous thing. If he told me, I would have reacted really badly. So I think we need to give ourselves a break a bit there because if Clark had sat down and said, I love you and it's been six months since we got married and we have a baby on the way, but I don't want to be here anymore. I would not have taken that well. If he told me now, I would understand because experience, you know, like Sophie says, experience gives you confidence. So he was found after 12 hours and I will never forget that phone call. But do you know, the only reason that he was found and he is safe is because the gentleman that stopped him in the park had lost their best friend to suicide five days before. And you want to do it's like, here's the bridge and here's the chasm. And here's the other side of the bridge. And most people have to experience it, unfortunately, to know what to do in retrospect. Mm-hmm. Clark was taken to hospital and his biggest fear on his fifth attempt, his biggest fear was that he'd have to go through all of this all over again. Oh, it's my fifth attempt. Oh, I'm going to get hospitalized. Oh, I still don't know how to do this. No wonder we are a nation in trouble when a little bit of knowledge is a very dangerous thing. So the worst thing that happened was he was in psychiatric hospital for three and a half weeks. That morning, my life was normal. That night, I was being told, you can't leave your husband's shoelaces with him because he will use them to try and hang himself. That was my new normal. But here's the point. It was all right. I didn't Mm. care. It didn't make a difference to me that he is this man that, you know, a lot of people do admire because he does work hard and he is very smart and he is very kind. It didn't make a difference to me that he was in a place where he was allowed to only eat with a spoon in case he damaged himself with it. I think it, we know it's, it's difficult enough to talk about mental health when you know what's making you feel that way. But it's probably even more difficult to notice the signs in the first place. So, Sophie, how do you spot those signs and how can others become more aware of them in themselves or, or when keeping an eye out for their loved ones? Fundamentally, if you notice that either in yourself or in somebody that you know, that there is a change in behaviour, a change of mood, a change of sort of emotions those are the things to look out for. So like I said, it will present differently. For example, someone with depression might really struggle to wake up in the morning. Uh, they might kind of withdraw from other people. They might have poor hygiene, so even showering feels like a real effort, kind of have a loss of confidence, low self-esteem. Whereas in anxiety, it would present differently. So it would be a sort of someone's quite irritable. They might be more short-tempered than usual. They might be unable to kind of focus on their work and feeling like they've got so much on their plate and yet they can't really get anything done. They might have sort of tight muscles and panic attacks. So, you know, mental health is is complex just as the body is complex. It, you know, lots of things can occur. But I would say those are the three things. Check if there is a change in behavior, mood and emotion. And if there is, do seek out help from your GP. And I think the other thing that I just really wanted to add, if, if I might, to the previous question, just I was listening, I was thinking that, you know, women also have such a role to play in this. And I'm sure Carrie's got tons to say on this as well. But, you know, for so long, you know, there's been this idea that men have to be strong for us, but that's outdated now. Mm. Right. And so we also need to talk about the fact that, you know, we want partners, 
sons, fathers who dare to be vulnerable and who speak out. And I think that's that's really important to say that. I just wanted to add that in, sorry. It's all right to have a crap day, okay? Mm. Having a crap day doesn't mean that you have to be anxious about a mental well-being problem. It doesn't mean that um, the world's going to cave in. We all have crap days. But actually what you need to be really honest with yourself is if there's a repeat pattern of feelings of negativity spiraling in, that's when you need to be able to step back, assess, and actually say, actually, what's going on here? What a powerful conversation that was. I really appreciated Sophie, Rohan, and Carrie's honesty throughout. And I'd highly recommend tuning into the full episode as they share some incredible advice and raw testimonies from their own experiences. We've left a link to the full episode in the show notes. And again, if you or anybody you know is affected by any topics touched on in today's episode, please do consider reaching out to somebody you feel comfortable opening up to. I know from personal experience how hard it can be to open up about mental health, but how beneficial talking can be. That's everything for me today. I really hope you're enjoying this series so far and getting a lot out of it. And I really hope to see you tomorrow for our next episode with James Routledge, the founder of Sanctus. Sanctus.